You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. One of the biggest events in professional wrestling history happened over the weekend on September 1st in Chicago. We will get into everything that happened on that. We will also talk about WCW Monday Night Nitro, a little bit of SmackDown, and we're going to discuss the list put out by WWE this week of the top stables ever. Uh Uh-huh. I promise you this is going to be good this week as we... Kiss the ring. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. I'm the best in the world. What? The crew rise to the top for year. Delete! 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 They got the answers. I changed the question. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? Finally! You are listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in all of history. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. We are your ring crew. <laughs> Orlando. Mikey! <laughs> <laughs> no one else is here. Yeah. Uh, apparently, AIDS is just running rampant. Right. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, holy fuck. You know, I, when we were defending Smitty's love, we didn't know how far his love extended back <laughs> in this group until this week. Right. And the HIV has just got everybody. Right. He got the AIDS with a Z. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, AIDS with a Z. Yeah. Smitty, all the AIDS with every left letter of the alphabet. <laughs> AIDS A through Z. <laughs> He's even got some Greek alphabet shit. He is AIDS Omega. Yeah. <laughs> AIDS Alpha. Five times that guy. <laughs> five times. <laughs> Part of that five times. Right. <laughs> this is uh, his fifth time having AIDS. Uh, he's become really good friends with Magic Johnson, so we feel like he's going to b- beat this one too. Right. Yeah. So, um, look, man, there is a lot to get into uh, regarding everything that happened in outside of WWE, everything that happened inside of WCW and WWE, as well as it, was that a posted on an Instagram, the greatest stables? I don't know. I, I I saw it because everybody shared it. Right. And it was fucking stupid. And we'll get I, into I didn't realize WWE had shared it. I didn't realize it was their thing until like I looked at it close to it and it's got like their logo on yeah, it. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure it was their Instagram. I'm gonna go to it right now. Can't just wait to confirm before I start burying everything. Cause God knows I'm gonna fucking bury the shit out of it. We it are. Was, it was awesome. It was a yeah. great list. Yeah, I don't know why I keep talking burying the lead right now. Um, let's have a conversation, man. So, <clears throat> first things first. What I want to talk to you about, Mister <laughs> Christopher, is the 
buzz that you heard, if any, after all in from the independent community, uh, things that people were talking about, because let's all in. Everyone said not going to sell out 10 Meltzer said, and a lot of people agreed, you're not going to sell out 10,000 seats in the U S uh, if you're not WWE for a while, not only did they sell 10,400 tickets in 29 minutes, their overall attendance was 11,293. So nuts for some of those guys, because some of those guys had never wrestled in a crowd like that, you know, and they even said that a couple times on the show. So what is the type of buzz that you may be hearing in the community before we go into having a discussion? I mean, it's just kind of the shit that we've covered a thousand times, but for us, it's more of a, hey, this is proof that there's other ways to make money. This is proof that there's um, other opportunities out there besides there would be um, Chris Saban had posted something today he's like uh what a great time to be in the wrestling industry or something and and it's true in comparison to the last you know 10 15 years we've had uh since WWE kind of dictated the market and now the way that the indies have kind of blown up and these other smaller companies have blown up um this is the best time that we've or most opportunities we've had since then at least since like wcw and ecw closed this is the most opportunities that we've had as workers. So it's really cool seeing something like this uh, be a success, even if you didn't like everything about it. Um, it's like I even posted uh, prior to it. I was like, hey, if, if you're not supporting this, then you're support you're not supporting the right industry because like, this is for everybody. This right. is for fans and wrestlers alike. Uh, the, you want this event to be successful. And for most accounts, it was, right? I would say 90% of the feedback is positive. Mm-hmm. This mic is doing it again. Oh, Mikey's mic. Uh, My mic is. It's this. Mikey's I for, mic. I forgot to mention it last week, and it's still doing. It. There we went again. I wasn't even touching it this time. Mother dick. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, the positive. Everything's been coming back. Uh, pretty positive with yeah. this. Not HIV positive like Smitty, but yeah, but um, not like otherwise that. positive. Pretty positive. Um, I've heard you know <clears throat> critiques of matches or things that people didn't like. I know a lot of people really dislike the Joey Ryan penis thing. Really. Um, yes. Like, in all the wrestling groups I'm in, there are a lot of people that were very perturbed by that. Why? Um. So I, let's, before we go into the why, let's talk about it. So, Hangman had a, Hangman Adam Page <clears throat> had a match with Joey Janela. Hangman won. Really good match, by the way. Uh, really good hardcore match. Uh, that gets me bitter, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I like Joey Janela, but I just... I we work the same style, uh-huh. and I'm he's more hardcore than I, like he'll take dumber bumps than I would. But so I'll give him that. But but as a worker, I'm ten times better than he is. And <laughs> sorry, Joey, it's just a fact. But and I just I get jealous watching him. And there's another guy, uh, Darby Allen, who's actually really good, and he's only been in the business for like two years. Uh, who works for Evolve? But they work the we all work the exact same style because there's only a couple of us doing that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And um. Who like still wrestle, but also do that shit, and uh, I get jealous watching because I was like, "Oh, I could have done this. I could have, right. you know." So you critique it a little bit harder than everyone. Yeah, else. yeah. I get well with those two guys in particular. I'm jealous of, right. like, right because they're more successful than me. Right, and you're like, but 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 I feel like I'm equally as talented, if not better. So like, I I get like jealous of those are the two guys in the <laughs> business. <laughs> That I get jealous of. So, but to be fair, everyone's got that man. It doesn't matter what you're in. But, you know. But, but listen, I I mean, we all get jealous a little bit. Right. I, I think you know credit to them. 
uh, for putting them on and giving them a different match than everybody else. Yeah, because um, they needed something different. Because yes. that match, there was a bunch of singles matches. Obviously, we'll get into that. But yeah, so Hangman beat Joey Janela, and if you've been following Break, being the Elite, which has been basically the weekly episode leading up to All In, very the new season, everything led up to it. Well, last season's being the Elite, uh, Hangman allegedly killed uh, famous Dick wrestler Joey Ryan, and admitted it at the press conference before All In. So. On a couple different being the elites, Joey Ryan has been shown again. Well, he appeared risen, you know, uh, as they did yeah. because they did a uh, video package of him about his package rising after he was allegedly dead. So he comes out as a whole bunch of inflatable penises. And then Joey Ryan comes through and uh, goes into the ring, does his normal dick flip, you know, pushes Hangman out into the inflatable penises, carrying him off. So. You were saying many wrestlers were perturbed by that. Not just wrestlers, uh, fans. Uh, I would say the number one complaint about that pay-per-view was um, Joey Ryan. If you look at people's complaints, I, 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 at least in my experience, this mm-hmm. is just you know personal, but what, anything that I read from like the wrestling groups and, and different social media and stuff that I'm in, they were all uh, very, a lot of people were very upset. Not every, obviously not, that's not the entire fan response. There's a lot of fans defending it. And, right. But I would say that was the moment where a lot of people were like, this is bullshit. Uh, and this is one of the few negatives where I saw from it. And and again, at the end of the day, if it makes money, it doesn't fucking matter. But the Joey Ryan dick flip is fucking stupid. Yeah, uh, Like, I don't mind the penises coming out because I think he got over by fucking dicks. Like, that's... Yeah. What do you expect him to fucking do? I yeah. thought the commentators did a funny job of saying, oh, he's risen. Yeah. You know, like, I, I thought that was all fun and part of the game and I don't have anything against that part of it because mm-hmm. I feel like if you're against that then you are against the whole attitude error because they were fucking mooning telling us to suck yeah. it and like, <laughs> like we are all about it you know yeah so you can't be against that but I think when we get in the ring and his penis starts flipping guys for me I'm like oh this is fucking dumb <laughs> and I know it's supposed to be dumb mm-hmm. but it is like it's one of those things for me I don't like anything that takes you away from hey make pro wrestling look stupid this makes pro wrestling look stupid mm-hmm. in my opinion Okay. At the end of the day, people are willing to pay to see him and all these things. So, uh, you know, good for him and, you know, good for whoever's willing to buy it. But but I can see the argument in terms of that type of stuff. I don't see the argument in terms of seeing the whole penis thing and being like, this is crude. It's like, like, fuck off. <laughs> I guarantee you most of you. But there is, I will say, too, and me and Jake something, and we're in a car right not too long ago before I destroyed him. And <laughs> <laughs> easily. <laughs> right, easily. <laughs> Um, <laughs> before I just manhandled him, um, we were having a discussion in the car about how, uh, there's like these white hat, white hat fans now. Like this is a new, because of social media and stuff. It's like, uh, right. he was at a show and he was talking about how these guys were doing a bunch of chair shots to the head and these fans got online afterwards. Like, I didn't like it. It was too violent. I don't know why they had to do that. It's like, it's not your fucking body. Like what, what? These white hat fans are like the moral police of wrestling, mm-hmm. like a moral police of everything. But because they like wrestling, they're suddenly the moral police of what we get to do. It's like you're not the authority here. Mm-hmm. You just pay or don't pay. Like that's it. That's the only authority you have on the matter. Okay. But there's like these white hat fans now who really feel like they know what's right and wrong. And it's like you can't tell me uh, – it's okay to take a chair shot or not to take a sh- t- chair shot. That's up to me right. as a performer. So you can kindly go fuck yourself. So <laughs> so I, so I, there were 
some people that were upset about like the crudeness of the penises. And to me, I'm like, that's nonsense. Right. Because now <clears throat> you're just pretending because of the culture we're in where like wrestling is so, you know, PC and it's not. Like you most of us grew up and watched the attitude era. Right. And it was ten times worse than seeing a bunch of inflatable penis. I watch an old woman give birth to a fucking hand. A fucking <laughs> hand. That was an angle. <laughs> yep. And we saw the hand. Yeah. We saw a gelatin covered <laughs> hand. Yeah. Hand. yeah. <laughs> okay. So From an eighty year old pussy. <laughs> All right. So don't tell me it was okay. classic. It was a May Young classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it was something, man. But uh, it wasn't even a chocolate hand, so I no, suspect yeah, that there was cheating. But you know, yeah. that's just me. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Freddie Blassie got in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, maybe she was just doing the work for Moolah. Yeah, oh. Oh. <laughs> I even had to apologize for right. that one. I ought to give you a hand for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um shh. all right. <laughs> I'll give these shit jokes up. Uh yeah, so like you can't have a problem with the fucking dicks. Um that part. I, I think you can have a problem with it like him dick flipping, but I think that's incredibly dumb um i always imagine him trying to go up to some old timer and like tell some old like he goes up to like king kong bunny's like yeah and then you grab my dick and then i flip you <laughs> and king kong bunny just looking at him <laughs> like i i will destroy you <laughs> i just imagine like the like i can't imagine him saying that to like a, some old timer you know like everything always come back to king kong bunny <laughs> <laughs> the standard of yeah, pro the wrestling, standard of BDR, <laughs> KKB. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> but anyway, so the rest of the show, I thought, I thought it was pretty good, right? Like, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't hear well, a lot of complaints. I did hear complaints about the Joey Janela match, but that's just because people wanted to be like, you know, Joey Janela sucks and all this right. stuff. Um, but th- I actually like that match, and uh, but yeah, I like the match too, especially because it was like I said, different, and yeah. you needed that on that show. I also loved Penelope Ford's moments in there, like the moment where she was just like doing constant backflips to avoid uh, the some of the moves that she was doing. I mean, it looked she looked like she could hold her own in any woman's match, no matter what. And I like I like the fact that they put her over too, because again. A lot of these people were being seen for the first time, you know, so therefore, even if you were, even though she was just a valet to the ring, she got involved, she did some things, she showed athleticism, so it still made her look good and upped her stock in wrestling for any type of booking that she might get ahead, you know, and yes, the match was 100% different, it was the only thing different besides the fucking uh, four corner women's match. And you could argue that. Cody and Nick Aldis was different too. It was different style in the ring okay. than the, what the rest of the show was. Go ahead. Uh, they they just worked a slower pace. Uh, yeah, and I mean much slower, which I expected from them because Cody is Cody's a WWE wrestler. What he might be on the Indies and blowing up the Indies because of smart marketing and all these things, but he wrestles like the typical like prior to two thousand and like fourteen the the typical standard WWE style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas is the same exact way. Like it's a very standard, basic let's wrestle match. I, I enjoyed their match. I heard a lot of people thought thought it was boring. Um, I I thought it was fine. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It, to me, I didn't think it was boring. I I will agree wholeheartedly. It was definitely slower paced match. There was the time where where Cody was cutting himself as well uh, under the table that you were just like, all right, 
let's go. Like, why is this taking so long? You know, and um, it you know it was kind of cheesy that DDP was the one who came out. Hebner throws up the X, and Page comes out. Like, get it, dude. Your fucking your yoga helps a lot of people. You're not the doctor for the show, right? <laughs> why are you the only one coming out? Like, no one else comes but out. But you have to think positively. That's right? the that thing. <laughs> and then he goes in and he, of course, he hits the, you know, the diamond cutter. And, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, he does his move. He gets himself over and stuff. But I, I agree that that moment uh, where Cody was trying to cut himself on the outside definitely took a lot of people I wonder out of how many times he's gotten color, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because I know he was there in the beginning when they let him. Because I've seen him get color on TV before. I think mm-hmm. he had a Hell in a Cell with DX and, right. and when he was in Legacy and he got some color, I think. But he probably hasn't, he's probably got color a handful of times. Right. And yeah. And, and there's, you know, different ways to do it. Uh, speaking as a professional, <laughs> um, there's different ways to get color, but maybe just, you know, uh, I've had an incident once where, so I, I fuck it. I, I guess I'll just kill K Fape. Uh, <laughs> I had it. I had the razor gimmick uh, taped in my wrist tape. Yeah. So I have to undo a little bit of my wrist tape mm-hmm. to get to it, right? But when I did that, I got fucking like stuck. And like I was like fighting, shoot, trying to get this out, like trying not to cut my wrist. Right. It's still a fucking razor yeah. digging into my fucking wrist. So I got to fucking pull it out without cutting myself. And so like I remember that took me, yeah, it was probably only a handful of seconds, but it seemed like fucking forever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's the way he did it. Um, I I know better techniques, which I won't ruin the K vape for. Right. But but uh, Thank you. but just you know, <laughs> I mean, I know we're not cafe, but come on, you don't need to know how we bring the fucking razors in, right? But uh, anyway, moral of the story, uh, maybe just he doesn't have that down. You know what I mean? That's right. not like his dad knew how to do that because his dad did it all the fucking time. His dad had a fucking, fucking head head full of it. You know, uh, he's only done it a handful of times. But you know, again, that was a nice touch because we don't see that. So anything I thought was. Uh, the pluses for them were things that we're not going to see at WWE, mm-hmm. right? So that was a plus to have blood at all. I did like how that match paid a lot of homage <clears throat> to the older style, though, as well. Like you, the reason Cody got color is because his dad did it, you know. So yep. he he, play, he did that because him taking that is literally paying the homage to his yeah. father. Um, and and then just him throwing the figure four on all this as well, you know, because yes, Flair did it, but sort of Dusty, you know. Uh, it, it's <clears throat> Wallace. It was a slower match. If you understand the history of pro wrestling, you can totally see where the homages were into that and why things were done that way. Yeah. Uh, Brandy being involved and Aldis hitting the elbow on her saved part of the match. You know, again, it's just there's little things that happened in it that yeah. was very good. That and I'm very happy that Cody took that title. Yeah. I mean, granted, everyone saw that coming a mile away. Yeah, I didn't. Um. I didn't love the finish. Not that I don't love the finish of the match because it's the Bret Hart Davy finish from SummerSlam, but uh, just the way they went into it, I thought um, when you when you're going home, this is a wrestler's perspective, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you want this to be the peak of your match, and I felt like it wasn't. They hadn't built that up for that pin to happen right then and there. Right. Uh, so I was a little like, oh, that just kind of was like, just kind of stopped. Yeah, just kind of match kind of stopped. Uh, so I was like, oh, you could have built that up and then went there, but they. They didn't. They just went right to it. And I was like, well, that's kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Uh, that was really my only complaint in ring. I I know it was slower, but I was like, you know. But. Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, the four-corner survival match for the women. Uh, Tessa Blanchard went over. 
um, with uh, she pinned Chelsea Green. Uh, Madison Rain and Britt Baker were also in that match. Uh, Magnum Ca and, Bl- and her dad Tully Blanchard come out coming out with her. You know, again, more throwbacks to the old school. And even when Cody came out, you know, he had Dallas, he had Tommy Dreamer with him, he had fucking Jeff Jarrett with him, and stuff. You know, a lot of uh, guys who have been involved with uh, the National Wrestling Alliance's uh, past. And I. This is a good thing for them, I think. Uh, yeah. This puts that NWA title back on the map to mm-hmm. me, which hasn't been relevant since fucking Shane Douglas threw it down in ECW. Yeah. Um, I know it's they've kind of kept it here and there, and TNA was using it initially when they were early on, but um, to me, it's it's never been that title. This kind of seems like it's given it credibility. Yeah, which is and crazy because when it was, it was technically until – there was the split from TNA and Impact. Uh, I mean, TNA and uh, NWA, when they split, it, the title was the NWA championship. Right. You know, AJ Styles is a three-time NWA heavyweight champion. Jeff Jarrett, like, six times because, you know, he ran the company. <laughs> so he put himself over all the time. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so now Cody is a – Nick Aldis – I'm not going to say Nick Aldis's run with it sucked because a lot of – when he took it – Stepped it up, you know what I'm saying? It took it up a step. Uh, Cody taking it for fucking sure. jumps it fucking levels for sure. And because they put it on this platform mm-hmm. on a pay per view, <clears throat> made this a premier match. Um, Cody obviously being one of the the big forefronts, uh, drawing people in. It it really just uh, again it just puts this title back in the map for me, uh, which is a good thing. Again, wrestling has too many titles, but. This is a title I want to see have prestige and value, so it's really cool. Uh, plus, I know Billy Corgan owns the NWA, so yep. you know Billy Corgan's going to be involved somehow. So maybe there's some type of NWA relaunch thing that is coming up, which again would be more opportunities. So um, I don't know. It's really interesting stuff right. with that. So, um, but yeah. So back to the four corner survival match for the women. Uh, I loved. <clears throat> how each of these women were able to get over in a different way in this match. They definitely showcased them. What pissed me off, though, is when Sports Illustrated Justin Barrasso did the article about him, didn't mention this match at all. Like this, And it was the only one that wasn't mentioned. Like the stuff on the Zero Hour was mentioned. You know, obviously Arrow, uh, Matt Cross, uh, the opening match, Matt Cross versus Maxwell uh, MJF. Uh, was everything was mentioned except the women's match. And I was just like, man, to the point it it just seemed disrespectful. And then one of the girls tweeted out, like quoted it and she goes, Oh, and there was also this really good four corner survival match for the women. And I was like, no. And then I went and reread the articles like, Holy shit. She's right. It's the only match sports illustrated didn't mention. And I thought it was one of the better matches. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know why that's, that's weird. Maybe you just didn't see it. Which I <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was his uh, quote unquote bathroom break, right? In the which I don't know. was a really bad bathroom break. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. You know, um, but yeah, Tessa coming out with you know her dad and Magnum TA going over in this. I think only one of us called her, maybe two. In retrospect, I I really thought she was going to win, but I was like, ah, I don't really know enough about the women to. To have a real opinion, right? Until all of a sudden, my you know Facebook's blowing up because I'm friends with all these women. Don't realize it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, you're on my friends list, all right, you know. And then I'm like, oh yeah, they're like so proud to have this mama. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> what I I picked Chelsea Green to win because I thought uh, it was going to be a nod to Zach. 
to Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder is dating Chelsea Green. She did the boot to the face, his normal woo-woo-woo boot. Um, <clears throat> she did that. And I thought because Cody had said if there was one wrestler that he could have from WWE on there, it'd be Zack Ryder. So I, that's why I thought Chelsea Green was going to go over. I thought that would, him giving Green the win would give the nod Which, to by the way, that's an interesting opinion. Why? To have Zack Ryder out of everybody. Well, he he uh, he said that the reason he did it is because Zach is very underrated, and he's much better than just the random main event match. Like he deserves the TV time. He didn't say like he deserves world championships. He just said he deserves more than what he has in WWE at the current moment, mm. and for a longer run like that. And again, they're good fucking friends, dude. Like I mean, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah. They've there's many a times they've posted on Twitter that they were at Disney World together and shit like that because Zach fucking loves Disney World. Um. Oh, I got a message from our good friends at Pro Wrestling Scorecards. He goes, uh, they were there. All of our, all the guys oh, from yeah. Pro Wrestling Scorecards were there. Shout out to them uh, at PW Scorecards. Again, fucking uh, Daniel, the guy running it, he fucking wore the BDR shirt while he was doing all the meat and stuff at All Out. Yeah, it was as fucking you sweet. should. Yeah, you know, he, uh, fucking Marty Skrull and Hangman Page were both like, dude, we fucking love your shirt. We want to take a photo with you. So they took photos with him. You know, he, Daniel was nice enough to allow them to ha- have photos taken while they, he was wearing our shirt. Um, <coughs> Mr. Orlando for Christopher just smirked because he saw the current yeah, tweet yeah. I just put out. Uh, he said, speaking of bathroom break, something weird happened at All In I've never seen. The second pinfall happened. People literally ran to the restroom and then ran back out. The hallways were empty during the matches, which is that's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Like that's how invested the audience was at All In, as they were like, "We want to be there for every fucking match." That's yeah, going it doesn't on. surprise me. Doesn't? No, I mean uh, that's a cool thing, but but it doesn't surprise me because we've talked about it. this is this is the anti audience. Like they built these people up. Like they they're supporting the show because. It's not so much that they love these guys, which is part of it, but it's because we love a lot of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You didn't always go see them. You went to go see the show because it was a fuck you. Yeah. This is a fuck you, these these uh, bigger promotions, like they're big promotion. I'm saying promotions, like there's multiple. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so, again, when you have that passionate fan base and you built up that, that anti-fan base, that anti-fan base is so passionate because they've dealt with all the bullshit on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I always see that, you see that music, you know, punk rock, it exists not because the the music of punk rock is so good. You know, it's it's the fact that the message is, hey, fuck, fuck this stuff, fuck this. <clears throat> We're going to change things. It's our way, you know, and it's like that's a relatable fucking cause when you're out there and you, mm-hmm. you don't believe in whatever you're being force fed. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. We want to know what you guys think of All In as well. So if you guys want to uh, tweet us uh, at BDRCast, you can use the hashtag uh, BDRAllIn. Let us know what you thought. I mean, did you, were you there? Did you watch it? Go ahead. Hit us up on our social media. Uh, the opening match to me was the opening match to the pay-per-view. Max, uh, Matt Cross versus uh, MJF. That to me was the bad match. Which saw it, it's okay. It wasn't bad, but to me, I was just like, I didn't. I think this was the worst match, and that sucks because that's not the type of, the way you want to start your show, you know. But granted, I don't know what I would have started it with. I don't know. <clears throat> I I think I would have got the Arrow Chris Daniels match out of the way right off the bat. Um, I I would say that's still my least favorite match. Um, not that it was bad. 
I mean, Arrow going through the table and stuff was cool. Uh, I just he think, was gassed at the end of that match. Yeah, yeah. He was so well, fucking. And, and, and that's the thing is like I, when you're working with somebody that because I've had to work with like these rappers and stuff for like JCW. I had to, they brought in these these axe murder boys. You worked for ICP. Yeah, I worked for <laughs> ICP quite a bit. Um. Yeah, it was a juggle of championship wrestling. Hey, they used to do pay per views. I was on pay per view hey, with right. them, um, getting destroyed by Congo Kong. Uh, but <laughs> but um, I did pay per views, and we had to work with these axe murder boys. So some rappers, on, I don't follow. I'm I'm sure someone out there who's a juggalo might know these people. I don't know these people. And one of our more than three hundred subscribers, yeah, <laughs> fifteen hundred weekly. Right, listeners. one of you is a juggalo, and you completely understand and are just marking out that I mentioned these guys. But I didn't know who they. I still uh, know the fuck they I are. I don't know who the fuck they are. So, anyways, they're rappers on their label, and so they wanted to wrestle because, and they run a wrestling promotion. Yeah. So why the fuck not? Yep. So me and my buddy Jeff get put with them, and we have to. They're gonna win, and so we have to have a match with them, but they can't do anything. Like, we can give them moves to give to us, mm. but, like, we can't do a lot to them because they don't know how to bump. They might get hurt. Yeah. And if we hit them, they don't know how to sell. Mm-hmm. So Arrow did a good job of, you know, taking a few bumps and stuff. I was like, okay, like, at least he fucking, he went through some training to understand you have to sell this, you have to do this. But I would have still liked to have uh, seen them work around his weaknesses a little better. Mm-hmm. And, and one of it is being blown up because... Uh, a wrestling match isn't like doing cardio. You know, it's a different kind of. Right. You're screaming, but you're jumping and you're running and you're picking guys up and you're getting slammed. There's no cardio program in the world where you're doing anything like that. So, um, I don't know. I think they could have worked around his weakness. I I think the table bump saved a lot of the match because it was like it was so cool to see a fucking celebrity go through a fucking table. You weren't expecting it. Right. Um, but still, I just think it needed to be a little shorter. And it needed to be a little more worked around uh, Arrow's capabilities. I don't know his real name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just calling him Stephen Arrow. Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, yeah. They need to work around his uh, his uh, capabilities. Yeah, that match went 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Need to go seven. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't need more than that. Why? Well, why does that mean? Why does that match need twelve minutes? Tell I'm me why. Not gonna argue at all. It may it may have only been scheduled for ten, and maybe one of those <laughs> matches that have went over that we'll get into a little bit later. You know, but I mean, again, if that guy, you know, when you're trying to go home, and if you don't know how to fully go home, I could see that going over. You know, I agree. I thought it was a little bit long. I did not. I, I guess. I guess me liking it more than the opening match is probably. Quite possibly my me marking out for it just because of the fact that I love the sh- the show and I just liked what he did. What I did notice um, is that apparently everyone who wants to be a wrestler that's not a wrestler does the coast to coast. Shane McMahon, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Amell. <laughs> I, was, I was he did it and I was like, I mean, okay, you know, it was whew, he was so tired when he tried to do that move too. Um, yeah, you know, if I take away my markism for it, I guess you're right. You know, that definitely that match did go. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not bad. It's like, you're not going to look right. at this and be like, oh, this is the shits. It just, to me, when I think of like a good celebrity match, I think of uh, Bam David Bam Arquette. and LT. <laughs> I think of um, Floyd Mayweather and Big Show. The boxing match. Then. Yeah, which was great. Mm-hmm. The way they fucking did their story in the ring was great. Um, they needed something like a little bit more gimmicky and more like tilted towards him, you know, but... They try to present him as like a wrestler, you know, and I think. What about Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone? 
Though they were fine if they're in the ring together, uh, where it's like one guy's gonna, you know, yeah. they were just doing fucking wrist locks and shit, you know. <laughs> now, when it's Jay Leno locking Hogan up, I go, okay, well, I don't know if I buy that, Leno. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. Speaking <laughs> of hulking up, uh, Flip Gordon took on Black Machismo. Uh, Jay Lethal was coming out regular, and he saw someone hand him Macho Man glasses in the backstage area. And uh, Lethal was just kind of looking at it, and then the dude slapped his shoulder, and of course, the, if you've watched the Being the Elite, that's what triggers him to go into Black Machismo. Uh, so he come out, comes out, and is with Lanny Poffo. Uh, he came out with him, and he was rocking Macho Man's gear that he fucking wore to debut in WCW. So that was fucking sweet. You know, what? that's a great homage. Like, And again, if there's anything that All In did, it definitely paid a lot of homage to many of the things that happened before it. Um... He comes out, there's, he keeps pulling Brandy into his corner, you know, like she's Miss Elizabeth. There's a point where she's like, I'm not Miss Elizabeth, stop. And he lifts her up like Randy does, Miss Elizabeth, and walks around and she puts her down and then she smacks his shoulder, putting him back into Jay Lethal mode. And he's like looking at his gear like, what the fuck am I wearing right now? Because he was not in that gear when he was smacked in the back. And then throughout the match, then Lenny, Lenny Poffo hits him again, turning him into black machismo. And he hits a couple of the elbows, uh, flying elbows, which looked all right. But there was a moment where he hit it and he fucking went the last one he hit. He fucking pinned Flip and Flip kicked out and then Flip just starts shaking his head violently. And I'm like, why is he doing this? And I was like, that just looks stupid. Then I realized Flip Gordon fucking hulked up. And again, another throwback, because even when, that, you know, Black Machismo comes out and he shook Lenny Poffo's hand, start the match it was just like how the the mega powers used to shake their hands so yeah uh flip gordon hulks up fucking you know stops him hits him a couple times runs him into the ropes hits him with the big boot doesn't hit the fucking leg drop but it was it was a cool moment you know and it was just something that i i liked it you You liked it you didn't (laughs) like it i'll tell you why i didn't like it all right um not because it was a bad moment or a bad call because you have a guy that's acting like macho so there's there's uh more of a reason to do it then than probably ever, but I've seen so many guys hulk up like on the Indies like, over the years. Like like you can't I can't tell you how many times I've seen a dude fucking hulk up. Right. Like for real. Like like a lot. It's fucking happened. A I can lot. imagine. I can imagine. I, it, once every six months I'm somewhere and it's just some random dude in a random match hulking up. For no up. reason. Hulking up, man. Just and it gets over every fucking time because Everyone relates to it. Everybody fucking knows what happens. You start shaking that head, you point right. to somebody. They f- every, every, every time, yeah. I swear to fucking God. But I, I've seen it so many times. So to me, it's like, uh, fucking A. Like, come on. We get it. He's macho, but come on. So that, that was just my thing. But I get why. If there's ever a time to do it, all right. But, <laughs> right, that's, and that's but, but still, fuck off. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so fucking sick of seeing it. God damn it! Uh, but again, I understand that. I want to see Hogan do it, man. Not Flip Gordon. I don't. I don't want to see Hogan do it ever. Yeah. Fuck yes, I do. You do. You want to see Hogan? I don't want to see a match. I just want. Oh. I want to see someone beat him up and him hulk up. That's okay. what I want to fucking right. see. I'll allow that. Yeah. And then he hulks up, gets the best of him, then you know rips his shirt off one last time, re- revealing his 65 year old body looks better than everybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like like, and because know. he's Hulk Hogan, he has a ten inch dick, and that's not yeah, yeah. Lay no, no. A six inch right, penis. Right, right. <laughs> he's actually been wrestling on one leg this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
What do you think gives him the power to hulk up, man? <laughs> it's not a leg that he's dropping on right. you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the atomic leg drop, yeah, man. He was, he was a famous dick wrestler before Joey Ryan. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now I think when he, he pulled Zach, uh, uh, Roddy Piper pulled Zach Gowan's leg off, that's the reason why he teamed with Zach. They were just two one-legged guys out there. <laughs> I feel you, brother. Right. <laughs> Stop feeling me. Right. Zach's like, yeah, but I okay. <laughs> I still gotta jump off one. <laughs> Your dick is a right, right. Right. Yours got calluses on the bottom. Right. <laughs> Yours folds into your boot. <laughs> is that why you started wearing full tights instead of just the trousers? Because <laughs> you had to cover up the fact that it's a dick. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh we were saying about all in, yeah, all in, and uh, the big old the Hulk up, uh, dream match for Smitty, which blew my fucking mind that so many fucking people while they were pushing this started calling it the dream match. Even on that on the show, fucking Don Callis is calling it. There's a dream match, Kenny Omega uh, versus Penta L Zero. Oh my god! And I'm just sitting sitting there going, "Fuck you, Smitty!" Like the whole thing just pissed me off because <laughs> it just reminded me of Smitty. Uh, another good match uh, went just under 18 minutes. And after the match, lights go out. And everyone's like, oh, Sears Center. It's got power problems. You know, because no one ever thinks anything for when WWE does it. They're like, oh, someone's coming out. When they did it, everyone just thought it was a power problem. Mainly because earlier in the show, there was a power problem. So it may have not have been a power problem, but played into it. So lights went out for about 10, 15 seconds. Uh, Comes back up. Kenny's standing up. by the ropes, you know, camp, hard campside, uh, saying thank you to everyone. And uh, Penta L Zero's uh, laying mat on the mat behind him, then jumps up, starts beating the shit out of Kenny Omega, and then starts, you know, throws him in the corner, then runs over to him and hits him with a fucking code breaker, and the crowd pops, L- takes off the fucking uh, mask, and it's fucking Jericho at all in, hit him with a code breaker, and then said, "I'll see you at the fucking Jericho cruise." Um, damn, dude, that was unexpected. Everything Chris Jericho has said where he's not doing anything in the States out of respect for WWE and Vince McMahon. And he showed up at All In. Had a concert later that night, too, that he fucking took a private jet to, flew, and performed at the fucking concert. Which is crazy, you know? But that's fucking Jericho. Mm -hmm. So another big moment, definitely setting up for the Jericho cruise. Um, What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, my only thing that sucks is that he's just a setup for the Jericho cruise. <laughs> you know, like I'd much rather see it as like a setup for fucking some big event, uh, even if it's like a New Japan show or something, uh, opposed to just for his cruise. <laughs> but do you think it is just his cruise? <clears throat> because I, I right now for the I, cruise- I hope not. That, that's that's my hope is that it's for something beyond that. Because the cruise is just essentially what, live shows at this point? Maybe they might stream or put something out. There's a tournament for the ROH title on that. Um, there are just regular shows. I don't know if they're, if it's going to be broadcast anywhere. There hasn't been any talk like that. Um, but Jericho said if this is a big enough deal that he definitely wants to do more. So I don't know. I really... Yeah, so no that's what I mean. Like With so many unknowns, I, I just wish it was a, a bigger bigger payoff than that maybe there still is you know but just that that's my only critique with it mm-hmm. i thought it was a great moment for the show um it was cool to see jericho with like longer-esque hair mm-hmm. you know i don't know i don't know why that <laughs> popped me for some reason i was like i was like oh that's cool he's growing his hair back out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know 
Uh, that was cool. Because it th- made you think back to when he debuted on Raw. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, he's kind of like Lionheart. All right. All right. <laughs> Definitely Fat Jericho, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's old, man. I get it. Damn, dude. Well, he, he, he's, I, I heard him in interviews. He doesn't, like, lift at all anymore. Like, he just does yoga. Like, he doesn't lift. And you can tell because his chest, yeah. you know, whatever meat was Kofi there. Kingston yeah, chest. it just faded. Yeah, it just faded. <laughs> Yeah, just, it did that song that you just, just made. Go. Yeah, there's a chest. <laughs> oh, there it goes. Why <laughs> too gone? Why too gone? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it gives me, man. Jericho's but, chest. But anyway, uh, that was a good moment, man. The show was good. Uh, is there anything else on the show? Uh, Okada, Marty Skrull. This is the one that caused a lot of controversy. Yeah. So it was the one before the match. It's the longest match on the card. Went 26 minutes. A lot of people, good match. A lot of people said that this match went over 12, 14 minutes and things like that. Uh, to which Marty Skrull replied about this. Uh, he was on the, uh, <clears throat> the primetime with Sean Mooney podcast and he was asked about it. And this is literally a quote from Squirrel laughing. He goes, uh, normally I don't like to reveal the curtain back too much, but in this case I will. My match went a minute over. People were saying like 14 minutes over. No, the show ran 14 minutes over. Bunch of the, a bunch of, a bunch of the other matches went over. Our match is crucified because we were the match before last. It looks like, oh, these guys went over. No, no, no. The show went over. Uh, he said that, the show was already running off schedule, and uh, before he went out, and this is quote, before I went out, Nick Jackson said to me and Okada, guys, whatever you do, don't cut anything. Just do whatever you do. Even if we even if we go dark tonight, it's fine. Just do what you got to do. Uh, girl also addressed the absence, uh, his absence from the curtain call following the show. Which I ha- I haven't even seen. Apparently, there's a 14 minute video out there for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he goes in terms of the curtain call. I didn't know what was going on. I was in the semi main event so match, so I finished my match. I've cooled down, and I was in the shower. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have a clue. I guess he wasn't out there, so that probably leads. You know, there's, to the yeah, there's a lot of foreshadowing that he's leaving the Bullet Club too. So I think that's maybe whether he's kayfabe or not. Like, right. Yeah, that's part of the really. That's like a rumor. I mean, I don't care yeah. enough to know, but there you go. Uh, main event was the Golden Elite going over uh, Matt and Nick Jackson and Kota Ibushi defeating Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix, and Bandito. Um, Matt Jackson getting the pin on Bandito. I was, n- I like them. I'm not going to knock the match. It was at short all. because they because it had be. right it was about to end. They had spots in it. That's fine. I'm not going to knock the match. Twelve almost twelve minutes. I'm going to knock the finish. And I'm not the finish because of who won. I understand that the Bucks put on the show. You know, I it makes sense to me. But at least in, to me, there sh- with all of the old school feel that it did have, the promoters putting themselves over in the main event. Right, especially after Cody had already yeah, won. Cody, Cody won. Kenny won. Marty lost. Hangman, like Hangman won. Like, when I was making my picks, I was like, okay, what I'm thinking is these are Bullet Club guys. These are the guys that are going to be putting the show on. So half should win, half should lose. Cody was an automatic win. You know, I would have thought, and Kenny should have been an automatic win. Marty should have been an automatic loss because of Okada. So I was thinking, Hangman's not going to win this, and the Bucks aren't going to win. And they fucking won. You know, the yeah. only member of Bullet Club to lose was Squirrel, was the villain. And I was 
uh, this again, another critique I've had on the show over and over. Bandito, who I thought was super impressive. I'm not <laughs> super familiar with him. Out of everybody in the match, I, I really haven't seen him much. I thought he was super impressive, but he fucking touches mask while selling so goddamn much. Like he just fuck, he couldn't fucking stop touching it. I'm like, dude, you're fucking hurt. Just fucking sell whatever he kicked you. You can fix your mask in a fucking second. Like he just constantly, like he just fucking got took a bump already fixing it. Like it's like, dude, just fucking wait, man. Just fucking wait. There's a time. Rey Mysterio fixes masks too, but there's a time and place when he does it. He doesn't just do it when he's taking the fucking bump and it's like. Ta-da, yeah. and slides it over. It's like, dude, I was like, I was like, I, I don't know, man. He did it a lot. I get it. And you're right. I, I agree with you. I never noticed it until you pointed it out. But the minute you pointed out, like, how Kevin Owens fixes his shirt yeah. and stuff like that, you know, there's, when you're selling stuff, you're not supposed to be worried about your, right. your dress. Like you can do it, like, if you're, like, like on the crawl to a rope or something, you got to adjust your mask so you can find the, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to fucking do it as soon as you take a bump. Like, because the first thing you'd be feeling is the pain. Yeah. But instead he's fixing his mask and then selling. It's like, dude, what, what, what stop. Yeah. And I know this is a wrestling critique. This isn't <clears> like a fan critique. Right. A fan isn't going to say some shit like this, but, but it was just like, stop, dude, stop. Somebody needs to tell him stop. So, which, yeah, I, so guess, I, I, I guess I'm the authority. But no, but at the same <laughs> this time, this wrestling nobody is telling <laughs> you, sir, who just made a event of this big show <laughs> that you need to stop doing. <laughs> but it makes sense, though. 100% it makes sense because you're right. If it takes you out of it, the whole point of this, that thing that we watch and that you perform is it's supposed to enamor and suspend the ability of and suspend this disbelief. You know, when we go to a show, we're supposed to go, holy shit, that looked like hurt a lot, even though a strong majority of the time it didn't hurt as much as whatever the fan that thinks how they think it hurts. Um, that being said, that takes away from the disability too. I mean, the, the, the disbelief as well, because if somebody's fixing their mask, their shirt, any article of clothing, when they're supposed to be really fucking hurt at a moment, you're going, hmm, guess that didn't hurt that much to where you couldn't. You had to take time away from, you know, being hurt right away. And again, like you said, it's right away. We're not talking, not, we're not saying never fix a mask, never adjust your articles of clothing. We're saying right when you hit the ground, there's no reason the first thing you do is fix the article instead of going, ah, fuck that hurt. You know? So. Yep. Sorry. Just a wrestling critique, guys. That's fine. You know, sometimes. I still think like a wrestler a little much, and you know I was like, "Come on, come on." My ears are supposed to, but um. So yeah, let's let's talk about the booking of this. Bucks go over. Kenny goes over. Hangman goes over. Cody goes over. I was really surprised Arrow didn't go over, only because he had the uh, that undefeated streak that was being built. I guess I kind of should have seen that coming, seeing as it was first singles match. But again. Everyone basically that booked this show minus Marty Scurll because he was facing Okada won. And to me, that's kind of I, – I, I just feel like your job for putting on this show is to put people over. You know what I'm saying? And if you're doing that – granted, it's Rey Mysterio and he's a I think, legend. I think it would have been fine if it wasn't the main. Like, like if they had done that match earlier in the show, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been an issue. I think – because it's the main, it's like, all right, all your guys have already pretty much got their shit over. It's like, you didn't need the win. Not here. No. Uh, plus, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, okay with it either way, I guess. But 
just to your point, I think if it was earlier in the show, it wasn't the main. If fucking uh, Kenny and Pentagon was the main, right? And then Jericho came out and did all that stuff, and and the show ended like we wouldn't even be talking about it, right? So I, I just think it's a matter of placement on the card, and I thought that was a weird placement for that match. Anyways, I didn't, I really wasn't expecting that to be the main, right? Um, not that I knew what the main was. I really figured it'd probably be Kenny and Pentagon, but I I really didn't know what the main was going to be. Um, I I just it's hard to have a main like that uh, with nothing built up. It's just a match to have a match. Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I guess I left going. This was a fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it ranks amongst like the greatest shows ever. I've seen way better, but um, this was a good show, a good enough show to be like, okay, let's. Maybe I like this guy. Maybe I'm gonna look him up. Maybe I'm gonna start following this. Maybe I'll start watching this more. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it opens some eyes for places. And hopefully it opens some doors for companies like the NWA and things like that, like we were talking about earlier. I think that is the biggest thing that you can take away from it, is hopefully that there's some type of something bigger growing out of mm-hmm. this. Um, so to me, this is a starting point. I don't think it's the be all end all show. I think a lot of people have overrated it and underrated it um, at the same time. I think it was a good show. Mm-hmm. I think it was a fun show. I think, and that's important. I think let's build from there and like hopefully, you know, create some more opportunities and different things from that part. If I had to rate the show um, <clears throat> overall, I would have given it like a seven five. Yeah, me so too. Like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, I always, the way when I always think of it, I literally think of five as the average. It's meh. It didn't suck. It wasn't great. Yeah. You know, I think this was good. And yeah. I, so I think a seven five is a really good, and of course you can have your nitpicks, your bitching, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But overall, for what this did for professional wrestling, overall this I think was spectacular. Selling out as fast as it did, putting eleven thousand plus people in their in the seats, having WGN for the first hour, Honor Club fight, you know, fight TV as well as New Japan World picking it up. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, that to me is the most impressive part is they got all these uh, different media groups and wrestling groups all together on the same page to do this event. Mm-hmm. That to me would have been the hardest part because you have to have somebody that actually knows business and understands how to talk to business people. And uh, I think that's really interesting. So to me, like I said, that is stuff that, you know, you can have a good wrestling show. You know, ECW had an awesome wrestling product, awesomely booked. It was promoted extremely well. Uh, what they didn't have was someone who knew how to deal with business. Mm-hmm. And Paul Heyman, that was, that's why they ended up failing because Paul Heyman wasn't good at that side. Um, over here, you clearly see that somebody knows how to negotiate with these different fucking companies to mm-hmm. get, to get everyone on board. I, I just don't think that's a, an easily overlooked. I know this is not the part that everyone's talking, everyone thinks the draw is the big thing, right. but really getting all these companies behind them. And working with them is the big thing. I will say that I think it really helped that they did the draw did help selling out in under thirty minutes because all of the announcements for media and stuff definitely happened within the last month and a half, last month, definitely after all the tickets were sold. You know, so hearing that, oh, you mean to tell me that there's over ten thousand people interested in this for this one time event? Obviously, with the possibility of something else down the line, but I would think automatically right there you have. You you caught the ear of somebody in that business. So, yes, you're right. Then after that, you need somebody to be able to speak to that business in the way of it making sense for why, other than just this, why it's a good idea for them to put th- that much into it. And fuck, man, 
they did it. They fucking did it. And it's a huge accomplishment for the Bucks, for Cody, for, you know, because those, uh, those are the three to finance it. It was those three. Those three put their money into it. And, and the, they made money. And Good for them. Oh, fuck yeah, they did. That period is an accomplishment all of its own. I can't talk enough greatness about what they did that so many other people have yet to do, including companies that have been running for a long time, that are just now starting to do numbers like that. Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor in Madi- and uh, New Japan in Madison Square Garden, you know, next year for WrestleMania weekend, the day before WrestleMania, the same day as fucking NXT TakeOver. You know, it's, there it is. There's another one. So hopefully what this is going to do is give healthy competition to WWE. Right. Bring, and then at least provide a healthy alternative where we can watch and, um, not hate right. the way that impact became. Because Lord knows WWE needs something something to help Holy fix it. Holy fuck. That segue segues us into Monday Night Raw. Um, I want to take a quick five minute break before we go into this because Go for it. Uh we'll t- we'll take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about uh <laughs> Monday Night Nitro. Right. Uh just Jesus fuck Christ, man. I'm trying to find the song right now to move over. That's kayfabe. Sorry, guys. Uh, we'll talk about Monday Night Raw, talk a little bit about SmackDown, and then we'll go into this sh- the uh, controversy, the top factions that WWE posted on their Instagram. And yes, I confirmed it. It was on the WWE Instagram officially. Okay. So, uh, Newsflash, just a heads up, guys. We don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. All right, folks. We'll be back in like five, maybe ten minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show of all fucking time. You're listening to Breaking Down the Ring. Um, I want to make a quick mention. Uh, we got another message about the experience there from our good friends at uh, Pro Wrestling Scorecards. Uh, they said agree. They seven five for the show. Um, if they were rating it on the live experience, they said they would go the old Melter uh, and give it 15 out of 10 stars. <laughs> Say it was the best live show that they've ever been to. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's another great thing. You know, if you're bringing people in for a great experience and people are enjoying the experience like that, then boom, that's another feather in the cap for you guys on what you did. Now, let's talk about some WCW, shall we? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, raw. Yeah. So good. Um, and we we don't mean good WCW. We mean like dying days. Yeah, yeah. We're we're Russo talking. Russo booked this shit. Yeah, definitely Russo WCW. Look, we shit on WWE a lot, mainly Joe and Smitty, right? Yeah. If we were and being even, very even honest, even if we critique booking, um, we might not like the direction of something, or maybe we think something can make more sense or whatever. This, this is this. Your, Mikey came in and asked, and he said his friend told him and reminded him of WCW's dying days. And I had the, without speaking to Mikey at all this week, I had the exact same thought process. I was like, this booking is dog shit. Like, this this is like, I can't watch this. This makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, This is honestly bad booking. Like, so, there's things we don't like. Right. This is just bad fucking booking. And I said maybe the writers took the day off because it was, it was Labor, Labor Day. day. Yeah. Yeah. But the judge didn't. No, the not judge the judge. <laughs> not a judge. <laughs> judge was in his office all night. <laughs> Let's get into this. Uh, Braun Strowman, it kicks off with Braun, Dolph, and Drew walking down to the ring together. 
And of course the shield comes down and Baron Corbin sends every superstar, every faces, heels, everyone for this one, including Finn Balor, your top fit, you know, uh, they all go down to try and, uh, in waves, trying to stop the shield from getting to the three big guys, right? The three heels. They're trying to stop. Who beat them up yeah. last week, three and yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to stop the three guys who are pissed off at the other three guys who are beat them up last week from getting in the ring with them. So every fucking superstar goes out there. And then and when it comes back from break, the shield are being thrown into a van, a uh, police van to be taken downtown. You know, because that's the where every police station is down. All right, we're taking them downtown, see? Took them downtown, and Mike Rome ended up going to the courthouse. So throughout the show, they were going, they were giving you updates about what was going on with the shield. Uh, shield had been fingerprinted and processed, and they're uh, mm-hmm. in a cell waiting to be arraigned. And then they go, uh, judge has arraigned them. They have uh, let them go. The shield have bailed themselves out there, out in their own reconnaissance. And the shield are loose. They're not in, in the jail anymore. And you're, you're thinking in your head, you're going, none of that fucking just made sense. I get the police thing. I get the fingerprinting. I get all of that. What judge was there on Labor Day at fucking eight <laughs> o'clock at night? Because they were in the Midwest. They were in Columbus. They were in Ohio. I don't know why, but every time I imagine a judge, he always looks like Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly, this is not the judge that arraigned them because uh, there wasn't one. But. But if there was, I, I imagine he didn't look like Uncle Phil. Uh, Coy Graves tweeted out the next morning because that was one of the big gaping holes that everyone was pissed off about. Besides the fact that Ross sucked. Um, everyone was like, what fucking judge, guys? I don't understand how a judge did anything because it's Labor Day. No judge is working. Coy Graves, Graves tweeted out uh, Tuesday morning. Made a few phone calls this morning. Turns out David Otunga has a judge friend in Columbus and called in a late night Labor Day favor for the shield. Everybody can relax now. Smiley face emoji. And he tagged Mike Rome and hashtagged it raw. So yeah, Otunga apparently called in a judge friend. After this, the Bella Twins are make their first day, uh, tag team match first time in three years on Raw and defeat the Riot Squad. Cool. Then there's a backstage promo with, I want to say, I think it was Charlie Caruso. Uh, with Bobby Roode and Chad Gable deciding to team up for the first time ever in tag team competition and then beat the Ascension. Uh, what? We'll yeah. get into this. In a second. Uh, yeah. th- this was not a pre-show match. This was on Raw, folks. Yeah, post-Bellas, right before the Elias segment, which one of the few things I don't have a major problem with. Uh, Elias is ripping into them, saying he doesn't like their mascot. What is a Buckeye anyway? Uh, it's not like a Wolverine up in Michigan. That's a real mascot. And, of course, me being the sports guy, I'm popping hard for that because fuck Ohio State. It, and, again, that's just you know a marksmanship. But it, it, it was a great fucking promo because 100% it got that crowd hot at Elias. I, I got to tell you, uh, for the if I had to give like an MVP to somebody award – on Raw, it's Elias. For the last just couple months, like he's always entertaining. Like I never, when he comes out, I'm never like, oh, it's Elias. Like he does the same shtick, but I'm always entertained yeah. by it. Like I, he reminds me of uh, Santino a couple years ago. Santino just had yeah. a really entertaining comedy gimmick going for a while, and like he was the most entertaining thing on fucking Raw week after week. It's like Elias is the same thing. Like he's yeah. not their top guy by any means, but but <clears> he's the, he's he's always an entertaining aspect to their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the few, especially on this week's <laughs> this week, the oh, the only. I'm sorry to me that I what we were talking about earlier, and I'll go. We'll talk about the statement after talking more about this. I feel like this was the highlight 
to me. I mean, the number one spot. The other surprise was good too. But so Alexa Bliss comes out uh, with her, um, with Alicia Fox and Mickey James because she's about to have a match with Natalia, who with Ronda Rousey in her corner. And of course, she starts upping the place because she was like, I graduated from high school in this very building. She's from Columbus. She goes, as a matter of fact, we have a chant, OH. And then the crowd goes, IO, because in Ohio, spelling four letter words is considered a great thing. That's my sports guy thing coming out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she goes, does it three times. She goes, yep, yeah, that's because they're all mindless fucking idiots. And we're like, ah, there's the heel turn. Because she was so, they man, the whole fucking crowd was cheering left and right for her. Obviously, as they should have. And then she proceeds to bury him. And then Natalia comes out and Natalia loses by tapping out to the arm bar that Alexa Bliss put her in. The girls then proceeded to beat up Ronda Rousey a little bit. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre go to talk to Corbin. They're like, hey, well, with Braun. And they say, you know, we want something to do tonight. Since I can't have my contractually obligated rematch with Seth Rollins, the Intercontinental Champion, because he's in uh, jail, uh, we want the tag title match. He was like, Revival's already in a tag title match. You can't do that. And they go, well, what if they weren't in the tag title match? And he goes, I guess I'd have to rethink it. So, of course, the next fucking thing that happens is him going, Drew and Dolph going and beating the shit out of the Revival to get a tag team title match. To which they win the tag titles over the B team. I skipped a part. Earlier in the night, Balor goes in and says, I want to fight you like I'm on. One on one, you'll both be prepared for each other. I just want to go setting up a main event of Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, part twenty thousand. People are dying to see it, man. This <laughs> is <just> so over. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, Braun's competition line is back because he's the bad guy now. So he looks at Corbin before uh, Ziggler and McIntyre went off, and he goes, "Better find me some competition tonight, cause I want competition, competition." So yeah, uh, Ziggler and the B team are the new Raw tag team. Cha- Ziggler and McIntyre beat the B team to become the new Raw tag team champions. Uh, then they show a backstage promo of the AOP walking uh, through the halls with their child. Man, <laughs> bring your Maverick. child to work day. <laughs> uh, Drake Maverick all decked out in AOP gear. <laughs> that has Maverick on it, walking in between them. Uh, and they walk out, and he announces that he's not only the general manager of 205 Live, but he's now the manager for AOP. And he's going to bring them to tag Raw Tag Team Championship Gold, hmm. which blows my fucking mind, because where the, why the fuck did you get rid of him then? Uh, why is his name slipping my head? Paul Ellering. Yeah, Ellering. Ellering. Yeah. Uh, it's strange, because I'm... Obviously, Paul Ellering fit with them, and it was nice to see him. Um, obviously, Paul Ellering probably didn't want to be on the main roster or whatever uh, and do all the travel, but... Uh, uh, he d- disputed that. Oh, that's not true. He said that it wasn't a travel thing. He would have been willing to do that. So, it may be something else with him. He Maybe he made the decision. Maybe WWE Booking made the decision. We don't know. But it wasn't the travel thing. He Okay, well, either way... Uh, stupid that he's not with him. I don't understand why... I'm I'm not going to judge this too hard yet. Right. Because who knows? This this could be like the New Day. When the New Day first formed, I was like... The fuck is this? Right. And, and then it became entertaining. Yeah. So I'm going to give them a chance. But but just on paper, to replace Paul Ellering, Paul Ellering with fucking uh, rock to, Rockstar Spud, I'm, I'm, I can't even speak over this. <laughs> I'm fucking smitty in myself. <laughs> Drake um, Maverick. Got yeah. Mar- Marcus Mouth over there? Yeah, I got some Marcus <laughs> Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Hashtag Marcus. Right. <laughs> five times that guy. <laughs> He's a five timer. <laughs> I was just spit out my coke. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, I'm so the, proud of them. Uh, Those kids. Such a happy couple. Right. <laughs> them and adding Joe and Z into the mix yeah, and just know. sharing the AIDS. Wow. Gotta, gotta bring in a fifth member. <laughs> <laughs> right. Five timers. Right now, it's only four. <laughs> Don't uh, miss next week. You'll right. be fifth. I'm just <laughs> right, telling you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyways. Anyways. Yeah, it Drake just, Maverick. Yeah, it just looked a little. Rockstar uh, Spud. It just looks weird. And, and did he have a stroke? I, no, I don't think so. Okay, because he when I was, he was talking, I'm sorry to go way out left field real quick, but he had his left side right, yeah, his left side of his mouth, which just wasn't opening that much. And I was like, Oh, I, I want, do that. No, I um, yeah, I, I, but I didn't have a stroke either. <laughs> you don't do that. Yes, I do. If you ever pay attention to my mouth, I really only open like one side. Huh. And also, actor Rob Lowe does that. I do. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, I can use my full mouth, but I have to like think about it, which is weird. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but like uh, I don't think he had a stroke, uh, or maybe he does. Maybe he got cerebral palsy or something in his face. Uh, but in got my case, in my case, I just uh, I started talking on the side of my mouth one time, and I never stopped. And now that's like just how I speak. Uh, so if you can't understand what I'm fucking saying, it's because Fuck I'm not opening my mouth. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking through my nose. <laughs> what the fuck is going on on this show? We're we're just fucking slapping. We're tired. Yeah, like we. I don't know. Long fucking week. Uh, <clears throat> so it was weird. It's a weird thing. Um, and so does that mean they're going after um Ziggler and Mac? Of course not. So okay, here's my thought process on this. The minute I saw Drew and Dolph win. I, I just feel like they're going to give the entire gold. Every title on Raw is going to be on the Shield. Because, you know, they're the number one faction of all time. Stable. So that was my first thought. Is Drew and Dolph win this, so the Shield takes it from them. At, at Hell in a Cell or something. You know, I don't know. But I'm like, really? What the fuck, man? Obviously, this is being set up, too, to be a partial... You can totally see it for Survivor Series, like it's going to be Team Shield versus Team those three. But whatever, it's still dumb. So then AOP have defeated, uh, squashed the fuck out of Keith Thompson and Jimmy James, uh, two wonderful Columbus wrestlers, probably. The Undertaker then. Oh yeah, James Alexander's on there, right? He's a uh, he's a guy from Michigan. Uh, so Keith Thompson and Jimmy J- James. Yeah, they, Jimmy James, I think, was he like jacked, but he's smaller. Um, I don't remember. Really I can't remember. Uh, but I think that was my friend. He got jobbed <laughs> out. <laughs> Which happens, man. Yeah, good for him. No, well, proud of him. Um, so then Shawn Michaels comes out, and I kind of already buried the lead, but Undertaker surprised him. And Michael said the reason he hasn't come back to wrestle, even though he's heard it everywhere he goes, one more match chant. He goes out of respect for Undertaker. He goes, you know, all these other people want to say they were going to retire and none of them ever actually retire. They all come back. He goes, but I stayed away. He goes, and it's out of respect for you. And Taker goes, it's out of respect or fear. And Miles turns side-eyed to him, which is difficult for him to do anymore because his eyes are getting closer and closer as he ages, which is weird to me. My guy to show him I was like, he was in good shape though. Right. Yes. Yes. I agree. Like, 
what is this promo? There's no way that this promo is just for Triple H. Like, like I fucking a. Why does Shawn Michaels always have to help Triple H and feud with the Undertaker? Right. I swear to God, they've done it every fucking time. <laughs> but it's like it just every time they do that, I just think I'd rather see Shawn. Like, yeah. no offense, Triple H. Shawn is better. Yeah. And, I, and I just want to see Sean, and he looked like he was fucking in good enough shape to get in the ring. I was, I was like, dude, he looks fucking great. Yep. I was like, God damn. He did the fucking bicep up, and you're just looking. I'm going, God, fuck yeah, dude. Right. Just let's do it. Let's get right. that one more match. But no, he's retired out of fear. Right. So, well, out of respect, out of respect in Sean's eyes, fear in Taker's eyes. So obviously, this builds to Triple H coming back to Raw next week. Um. I, I know, honestly, is Super Show this month too? I don't know. Or is it October? I don't know. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Um, then it was Sasha Banks and Bailey uh, against Ember Moon and Dana Brooke. Don't know how that fucking thing right. started. Hop, so they're a random team, yep. and uh, Sasha and Bailey just have been just kicking out since and logic all year. Yeah. So. Then uh, they lose because Dana says to Walt and Walt on the outside uh, that she's not going to listen to him anymore. And then she goes for the backspring elbow and then she gets rolled up and loses. And then she says she's quitting Titus worldwide and walks off. Bobby Lashley. That's a big deal, you know. Yeah. Quitting Titus worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) I I even did the fucking motion when I did it. Uh Bobby Lashley was given a performance review which said he had to go to an in-ring session with Jinder Mahal uh, for Shanti or whatever it's called. And in the middle of it, Kevin Owens comes through and just beats up Bobby Lashley for some reason. Uh, he didn't quit. Yeah. Apparently. Remember last week that when he quit? That was a ruse. How d- <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate your ruse, man. What's a ruse? Your cunning attempt at trickery. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you guys got to go. Clerks. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was a ruse. Didn't keep him off of TV for even a week, dude. Like, I just quit, and then they brought him right back. So, good. Making sense, man. Yeah, that whole sense thing. Uh, beats up Bobby Lashley, and then, you know, moves on. Then, the main event is no longer Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, to which everyone was like, whew. But it became Finn Balor versus Braun Strowman. Why? Because Finn Balor is really over. And they think that by facing Braun Strowman, that's going to get Braun Strowman more heat. Okay? Cool. Finn lost. Decidedly. Eat clean. Nothing bad happened. Just lost. And then five minutes after the siren sound, this police van backs up. And Roman Reigns steps out from driving it. Which, cool. Uh... So he stole the police stole van. the police van, then opened up the back, <laughs> which let out Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, and then after that, the Shield music hit. So then they go down, and of course, Iron in trouble. Yeah, goddamn that fucking the updated Shield music because as soon as they hit, they've been arranged. Yeah, they're free. They're able to do whatever <laughs> they want, which was something else that Mike Rome allegedly posted before the main event started. Um, as the Shield are walking down, Kevin Owens just comes through and just blasts to uh, I th- it was it. Seth and um, Dean, whatever. Either way, every fucking heel in the goddamn locker room then comes out and starts beating the fuck up out of the shield. They hate the shield. Yeah, they, why? Because the shield that <laughs> ran through some of them a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and then uh, they split into fa- little groups. Bronze, the leading the one kicking Roman's ass. Drew is leading the one kicking Dean's ass. 
D- Dolph is leading the one kicking Seth's ass, which the only good part about that, this whole thing was uh, when Seth was thrown into the van and the fucking window broke. I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks because that totally was not supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he was all fucking cut up and shit later. But, okay. Let's. <sighs> Remember how last week I was saying uh, they're basically taking like five dudes to get one dude over? Yeah. Now they added the tag belt. So now they've taken the B team and took something that was over from them and added to the same exact fucking feud. Um,. So now they've killed them as well. They killed the Revival's number one contenders. So now you've killed uh, nine guys so far to get this one guy over as your top baby face. Um, I don't know how much more you can do where it just doesn't click for you. Like, this this is not happening. Not this way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't produce it the way that they're going to. And... I don't know who approved these ideas. This is this is just bad booking. Like I, I don't I don't understand any of this. What, not Braun and Roman didn't need anybody. They right. didn't need the Shield reunion. They didn't need fucking Dolphin Mac. They just keep adding all these people, and now they've added all the belts. Mm-hmm. All the belts are there. Uh, so nobody else on the show has anything to fight for. Yep. It's just you're killing your own fucking show. Like. It didn't add anything to it. It didn't make me want to see Braun and Roman anymore. If anything, it's made me want to see it less. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, before, I was at least interested to see, you know, like, okay, how are they going to book this? Um, now, I, I don't, I don't fucking, this, this has to be, to me, the worst booked episode of Raw I can remember in a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like, again, we, we critique about booking a lot. And we critique it, it about, gave Smitty and Joe AIDS. Yeah, it, it really did. Joe bent over five times. <laughs> the real reason he can't come, he's got that bad case of Marcus mouth. <laughs> okay, I don't even know who's Marcus guy. But I, I defend him. Yeah. I'm of my boys, and you guys do your thing, buddy. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Um, but anyways. Uh, More man, bows. Yeah. Someone bring us more booze. <laughs> Just a fucking terrible yeah. fucking night of wrestling. Especially right after All In, where it's like you would think you'd want to respond with something like, hey, that was cool, but we're still the Look fucking... Yeah. But it was almost like, nah, we can just mail it in, and our numbers will still be higher, and they're probably fucking right. But God, that was an awful show. It was so bad. Uh, it, And look, Braun comes out in the promo earlier, and he's like, he goes... You started this. You attacked me. I had to get other people on my side because you attacked me. You brought the numbers to me. And it's like, yeah, exactly what he said is what Seth fucking Rollins said against Drew and fucking Dolph. And he's right. So why are they the bad guys? Dude, (laughs) they've never. (laughs) It's so bad. I think Joe is actually right. And and this is just my theory. Last week, Joe had said, because I had mentioned, you know, like, um, the three guys jumped the one guy, so obviously they're the bullies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was like Joe made the point that it was like WWE was like, oh, shit, that makes the shield look like the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, and so we need to do everything we can. And it's just immediately just made Braun complete fucking heel when he wasn't. No. And he's 
I don't know what they're. I don't. Dude, I don't fucking get this. And even if he had the fucking Wyatts with him, it makes sense a, li- a little bit. Uh, but with fucking Drew and Ziggler, who both want to be the top guy, anyways. I yeah. There's no alliance that I can believe that Braun, Drew, and Ziggler are friends. <laughs> like, like this just none of this makes sense. Um, again, I've already told you how you've sacrificed essentially nine guys. Mm-hmm. For one, um, I don't don't be surprised if Corbin and uh, Finn's sweet feud gets added into them. That's the only other feud we have, right? Ronda and Alexa. Yeah, which was okay. It's it's whatever. Um, wow, man, I I don't know. Uh, this is just dog shit. Like I I don't know how else, like this belongs on like the old wrestle crap shit that used to come out. Uh, Everything. <laughs> this, yeah. is just, this is dog shit. Like, this is the worst Raw. Uh, I can. There's been bad ones. There's been boring ones. There's been ones that have been like snooze fest and ones that were even like, what the hell was that? None have left me feeling like this was watching the dying days of WCW. And that's what this was. Yeah. This is bad. Just left you with a feeling of why in the fuck is this even happening? Uh, and then it wasn't even just that. Like, as bad as all of that was. Why the fuck was Chad Gable put with Bobby Roode or was Ember Moon and fucking Dana Brooke? Right, like oh, what? These were tag team matches that you're just like. But here's what's fucked up. See, the Dana Brooke and Ember Moon one isn't going to continue, right? They didn't play that like it was going to continue. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable all of a sudden are a tag team that's going to continue. They both came out to Rude's music. They both celebrated at the end. They talked about, oh, I got wait. They're gonna be going through like, for what? What? Why do you need more tag teams on Raw? What the fuck do you need more tag teams on Raw for? Because you don't. You already have tag teams enough too. You have AOP. You have Drew and uh, Dolph. You have fucking the B team. You have the revival. You don't need to add more to this right now. But they're doing it, and it's making no fucking sense. Especially, it's not like. Oh, why'd you decide to add him? Because he's doing great. When? When the fuck was he doing great? He haven't haven't seen fucking Chad Gable on Raw for a goddamn month. Granted, every time I see Chad Gable, I love him. I'm not going to knock We're not knocking him. He should have some sort of run in this. I have no problem with that. Chad Gable's good. Just just give us a reason why they're together. Right. Like, that's what we need. Uh, It's it's not like they could never be a tag team. Because anybody can be a fuck... Just give us a fucking reason. Don't just put them together and be like, ta-da! Yeah. Look what I did. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah. It was bad, man. It, honestly, this whole episode, just, I don't, if you want to just watch wrestling and just be completely blown away in a bad way, uh, watch Raw. It was it was that bad. If you want to be blown away by current stuff. Right. And if you just want to be blown, you call Smitty. <laughs> that was like that fucking uh, ninth grade shit where you'd find somebody's name written in a marker in the bathroom <laughs> stall. <laughs> but Smitty loves it. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm not hating him for it. I'm just saying he's a big fan of it. This isn't even the worst fucking episode of Raw viewed, uh, rated viewer rating. Ever. Yeah, no. Uh, obviously, it was down from last week. Uh, it's Labor Day. Most people really weren't watching anyway, but not by much. Uh, the August 27th episode was 2.877. This episode was 2.872 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Like, that many people watched Raw and were just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine a mass part of that audience watched that and was like, that was good. I can't wait to watch next week. 
but it's just routine. It's like, oh, what's on Monday nights at nine o'clock? I know exactly. It's it's one of those things where it's like you know exactly what's on at what time. How many times can I say that about any other fucking show? I I I watch other shows fucking all the time way more than i watch wrestling i couldn't tell you exactly when they fucking come on on what day but i can tell you when raw comes on every fucking monday Mm -hmm. 8 to 11 or 9 to 11 as i used to fucking remember i know it's on at nine o'clock on fucking usa i can turn that bitch on it's gonna be there Mm -hmm. it's just it's like it's just routine it's in our fucking brains if nothing else is on i will go to fucking raw yeah last uh year's Viewership for the Labor Day edition was two. Where did I just read that at? Son of a bitch! I just lost like two point nine million. Whatever. But the hour rankings for Raw's viewership. <clears throat> the first hour. Is this for this last? This one? one, yeah. The first hour was two point nine four five million viewers. The second hour drew two point nine three three, and the final hour drew two point seven four zero. Yeah. Which is weird because that each of those numbers is down. Like the first two hours, the first hour last week was three million, so this one was two point nine. Uh, last week's second hour was two point nine two seven. This one was two point nine three three. But this week's fi- final hour drew more viewers than the last week's final hour. Had, but it was so fucking bad. Yeah, but sometimes. It's like a car accident, man. You can't look you away. Like I, what's going on. I will say, I could, like I will remember this raw more than some of the other ones, just because of how fucking Shitty ridiculous it, it was. I'll remember why the fuck were they? Why the what? What? Uh, why? <laughs> uh, but uh, but it'll all stick with me more than an episode that happened two or three weeks ago where I can't fucking remember. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was that. That it was so bad. Yeah. It's memorable. Oh fuck! The, fuck raw. Yeah, no, it's bad, man. Um, SmackDown was here in Detroit. Uh, it was the first time I think none of us went to SmackDown, which to be fair, I was going to go, but sometimes life decides that you need to be somewhere else. Like Taylor Swift. No. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let Taylor Swift. God damn it. <laughs> it, was good. it was great. It was a wonderful show. She put on an amazing show. Shake it off, haters. Um... <laughs> so this episode of SmackDown was held right here in Detroit and at the Little Caesars Arena. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella are being interviewed by Renee. They're asking where the Miz is. Miz and Maurice apparently filmed a interview earlier. They came to the not a single person was in the audience and they called out Brie and Daniel. They didn't come out and they said, Well, fuck you, we're leaving. As they were saying that, then um on, you know, they were like, oh, we're at a fucking Italian restaurant. Then Andrade, Cien, Elmas, and Selena Vega come out. And Daniel Bryan then defeats Almas. After that, they are leaving. They're saying they're going to find The Miz. Uh, Naomi then faced Peyton Royce again. This time she got the win. Right after the win, the uh, obviously the Iconics start beating her up. And then Asuka comes out to save Naomi and beats both of the Iconics by herself. Which threw me for a loop because it was like, one... Naomi didn't lose, so she won. And I granted, I understand that she was getting beat up, but psychology states the person who won should then help beat the other two people up rather than after losing to them two weeks in a row, finally getting a win, and then Asuka just beats the shit out of both of them by herself, making Naomi look even weaker to me. Bad idea. Um, 
Rusev Day went over in the triple threat match for the tag team titles. Uh, sorry, for the number one contendership. For the people to face the bar for the number one contendership for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, Rusev Day went over. So that means next week, Rusev and Aiden English are going to be facing off against the bar. And then in some of the best writing that has ever been done, on some, and to me, to me, the whole R-Truth Carmella thing. So Miz shows back up during the show and says to Paige, well, we're leaving if Daniel Bryan and Bree are gone. She goes, nope, uh, you got a match. He goes, no, I'm not going to wrestle. She says, okay, that's fine. You can leave, but if you leave, never come back. R-Truth is looking in the backstage again for Carmella, sees a blonde, walks up, and he goes, Carmella, turns around, it's Maurice. And he's just like, he goes, I want to match with you. I want to match with you because I need a title shot. Beating you in a match is how people get title shots. Again, still, still playing this thing that's happened every fucking week, which is great. Miz walks up, and he goes, why are you talking to my wife? And he goes, you married Maurice? <laughs> he's like, you married Carmella? And he's like, this isn't Carmella. It's my fucking wife, you idiot. He goes, Truth, when were you relevant? Like back when we were tagging, you're just mocking him and shit. And Maurice is like, I can't believe you thought I was that Staten Island piece of trash. So obviously later in the show, he does find Carmella with Ty. It's like Ty Dillinger is like, he's like, I'm trying to find Carmella. It's like, you can leave this, this alone, Truth. But Ty Caesar points. Truth walks over to her. And he goes, have you seen Carmella? Obviously, she's fucking stupid and funny, right? And he Ty's like, it is Carmella. And he was like, okay, well, the other Carmella doesn't like you. <laughs> and I want to know if you want to have a truce for one night and come out to the ring with me because I have to face the Miz and, and his, his wife, the other Carmella. She goes, no, I'm not doing that. And he goes, but she called you a Staten Island piece of trash. So obviously, that means she's going to walk out with there. Ty Dillinger. As Carmella walks away, Ty looks at him and, she, and he goes, Truth, what are you doing? He goes, I'm teaching you everything, my young Tyson. And he goes, what the hell could you possibly be trying to teach me? And he goes, how to get into the main event of SmackDown Live. Sure shit, our truth was in the main event of SmackDown. It's fucking great. Wonderful fucking uh, build to this. Our truth even got the win over The Miz. With, obviously, through tactics because Daniel Bryan and fucking Bree come down. But still, he got a roll-up win over The Miz in the main event of SmackDown Live. Great fucking writing. So, obviously, it ends with Bree and uh, Daniel putting the yes lock on both of them. Uh, SmackDown Live made a lot more sense than anything Raw did for the last three weeks. That payoff for Arch... That line, though, dude. That line, 100%. When he's like teaching you how to get into the main event of SmackDown Live and then boom! You're just like, holy fucking shit. It was so good. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on SmackDown because we really, honestly, uh, we watched it. Don't really, everything just kind of went the way it went. Nothing real too shitty. Oh, the Becky Lynch and uh, Charlotte Flair promo where they're finally set up for them having a match at Hell in a Cell. Again, dude, I just, I don't get this. This is another backwards thing i thought when they were showing the video for it they said charlotte ran down and attacked becky after becky gave to reasons why she smacked charlotte making it sound like charlotte was good but they were finally trying to say okay charlotte's the bad guy and then they said and then becky came down but the whole fucking promo was charlotte the face becky the heel but everything becky said made sense to why she should do, be doing that so fans were cheering booing charlotte and charlotte came off like a cunt again so it's like Outside of that, but at least they're sticking to it to where it makes sense 
you know, on their aspect of it. It's just the fans that aren't buying it. It's not like when you watch Raw right, and you right. were just, you know. Like, That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, we, we've had critiques and things where like, oh, you should do it like this. But that Raw was so atrocious that it's not like you could be like, oh, you should. It's just like, why would you ever do this? There, there is, you can't rationalize why you booked that raw. Exactly. So that leads us into this faction thing because we just wanted to get to it. By the bottom line, SmackDown was a decent show, pretty good show, good matches, and everything like that. Our Truth made the fucking show. It was mainly about Daniel Bryan and The Miz, but Our Truth totally made that fucking show with that one line. So here we go. WWE posted on their Instagram. This incredible list. Yes. Uh, the 10 best factions of all time. I want to see if I can find the date for this or if it went away. Yep, it went away. So I'll go back to the photo. Uh, number 10, Undisputed Era. No. Number nine. <laughs> Already. <laughs> number nine, Fabulous Freebirds. Number eight. Right. I think the 10 greats. I think the Freebirds, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, number and the Undisputed Era. Number eight. Nexus, uh, the original version, right after Daniel Bryan got fired. Number seven, Heart Foundation. And the picture that they posted is the one with Pillman, Owen, uh, Bulldog, Nightheart, Anvil, Nightheart, and Brett. Number six, The New Day. Number five, Evolution. Number four, NWO. Number three, DX. Number two, The Four Horsemen. And number one, the shield. Wow. <laughs> Where do we begin? I've already started with ten. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Undisputed era, get the fuck off here. You haven't done enough to even be in this talk. No. You're just whitewashing, already pushing your current product too fucking much. Uh so right so, away, I'm already like, what are you doing? Right. Uh Freebird, sure. Number nine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I I don't mind them being there. Uh I, again, I never really considered them a stable at the time. It's kind of been like rewritten as them as a stable. Yeah. They were a trio um, who could, you know, uh, different members could tag in for the tag titles. But I always thought of them as like a tag team. Like a, ta- a trio. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's the same thing with New Day. Like, I don't think of them as like a stable. Right. It's funny. We were talking about this. Like, yeah. it, they, this is 10 best factions. And we were like, when we were talking about this, it was really random that we were talking about this. And yeah. then this pops up. Um. Maybe not. WWE listens to us. We yeah, are big fans. Yeah, they love Vince. Fan. Loves us. Fuck yeah, get them boys on. Right. <laughs> Stephanie hates us. They're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie hates Fucking us. Fucking hates us. Triple H doesn't want to put us over either. Um. So yeah, New Day and Freebirds. We were all like, no, they're just trios. Like, yeah, there's no real manager. There's sure. no real fourth person. Like, it's just weird. It's yeah. just it's a it's a weird to consider that it's like a rewriting of history. Then again, I guess we were talking stables, and this is factions. I guess I could th- consider the Freebirds a faction. I don't know. Again, because we said stables need like right. a manager. To me, it, it, they don't even need a manager, but it it just needs something more than three. I would feel like yeah. Because if that's the case, the Wyatts were at least initially more over than Undisputed Era. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah, yeah, why aren't they in here? It's just a strange fucking list right from the get-go. Um, so what's number number? Eight? So number nine, eight was the Nexus, the original Nex- Nexus. Yeah, that shouldn't be there. Uh, Nexus was... It could have been yeah. something fucking special. That's like a... It could have been. Uh, its initial uh, moment on Raw is very memorable. Yeah. Uh Beating the they, shit out they of They lost Cena. steam within a month and were 
you know, jabronis within fucking two or three. Which um, it came out, a lot of people gave shit to John Cena for that. And Cena wanted yeah. to put them over, and WWE said no. No, no, John Cena did not want to put them over. Oh. And has since went on to say that he was in the wrong about that. Oh, okay. And, and I get it from Cena's perspective. He was thinking these new guys, they have to earn their place. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were so over that they needed the fucking win there. Um, and it was a mistake. They lost, and then they never were the same. Um it could have been a, a great fucking stable. We'll never know uh, because it was ruined. Yeah. But it definitely doesn't belong on a top ten because it never developed anything. They had a great one. They had one great moment. That's it. And then after that, there's nothing else from them ever again. Right. So uh, number seven was Heart Foundation. I believe they should be in the top ten. Sure. I mean, I have to really think about all these top tens. I would have to like write down. Right. Um. And and, and I always wonder: Are they only talking about WWE's library? Or are they talking about? They can't be because the Freebirds were never in WWE. Yeah. So if they're con- including like all of wrestling, then I think I have more issues with the list. Right, because then you're you're missing uh, the Dangerous Alliance. Right, you're missing Dangerous Alliance, Rick Rude, Steve Austin, yep. fucking Medusa, Paul Heyman. Like, yeah. Um, but not just that. I mean, like, there's just been like a lot of fucking stables that I would have to go over. I get one of them that's not in here. I understand it, but man, the Radicals were a pretty good stable. <laughs> that little pretty good faction, you know. I, I still wouldn't have them in my top ten ever list, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I mean, if you're putting undisputed era, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, so we can play that game if you're going to put such and such. Why? Yeah, because these people are yeah. Um, and under that, under those guidelines, then for sure. But the corporation, I think, would be. A bigger stable than fucking Undisputed yeah. Era. And I agree all with that. that. It's strange to me that they're not like I would have them around my ten area. Yeah, you know they're not you know top five to me or anything, but they're certainly bigger than fucking Undisputed Era. Right. Um, and this is no knock at the Undisputed Era because I actually do like those guys. Right. You right. Know, they're it's, really good. Right. It's just what have they done? They, they're new. Yeah. They're to, fucking to, within. Yeah. What have they really done? To to be there. Um, go on, go ahead with the list. All right, next one was uh, heart, like Heart Foundation New Day number so, six. So New Day's above Heart Foundation yeah. and the, oh man, oh god. <laughs> so I just want I just want people to understand. So they're telling me three current stables in WWE are three of the best of all time. Uh yeah, three. Wow. Okay. All right, guys. Keep going. Number I, five was Evolution. I'm okay with Evolution making the list. I don't know if I have them top five, but I, if I had a top ten, I, I think Evolution was really great for that time period. Yeah. Um, and they're very memorable. So I, I think they have uh, some staying power there. So I'm okay with them Yes, uh, being on the list. Now, here's where it gets real fucked up. Yep. Top four. And we'll just go, we'll just talk about the entire top four. NWO, four. DX, three. Four Horsemen, two. Shield, number one. I <clears throat> really gets fucked up at number one, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about, to me, the greatest stable in wrestling history is the NWO because they drew the most fucking money, uh, and they draw drew the biggest fucking ratings, and they're the most fucking over thing in the fucking planet because you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a goddamn NWO shirt. You couldn't go out to fucking eat without somebody in a goddamn NWO shirt. You don't see that in today's wrestling. Um, so what's the criteria then? For the, the greatest stable, I have best no faction. I, they're calling it. it to me, it's the one that had the most impact. It's the one that's the most fucking memorable. To me, there's no other group bigger than the NWO. You can say what you want about how it event, 
eventually demise and it got too fucking blown out of proportion and we talked about this a little before yeah. the show that the idea is why they're adding so many members to begin with is that they're supposed to have their own fucking show and this was like the NWO on one side and WCW on the other kind of like Raw and Smackdown and that was the idea and they teased the water with that NWO uncensored pay-per-view uh, but it got fucked up because they WCW'd it and didn't let them kind of do their own fucking mm-hmm. thing. And uh, Kevin Nash talks a lot about this in shooting interviews. And so it was really supposed to be like two split brands or at the very least have NWO take over the WCW brand because NWO was hotter than WCW was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't do that. And eventually just kind of came all these weird subdivisions and there's like 18 versions LWO. of the N- There's the LWO, there's the NWO black and white, there's... It, it got really, back. it got really fucking kind of ridiculous. Even when things, because I've been watching all these old thunders and stuff. Even though the Wolfpack and stuff is over, it's really convoluted on who's a member of what. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm watching the weekly programs, and I'm still confused on who's fucking in and who's what. Out. Yeah, in what group? See, I think, me personally, I think Four Horsemen are number one. Right? Sure, and I think you can make that yeah. argument as well. You know, I, I. I the way that they ran and the, the, you know, they have, um, they don't have a version, the version with Benoit on here. They don't have the version with Luger, Luger on there. They have the original four horsemen on this. And I, and I think just the four horsemen, as far as a staying power and being able to input and output uh, certain members and stuff like that. I just think overall, you know, like you said, you can make that argument. Yeah. I, I think, I think those are the two that you could really make the argument for the horsemen and the NWO. I don't even really think I, have a full problem with the shield being in a top three. No, I do. May, because of what the members have accomplished. Granted, I will, as a stable, they haven't really done shit. Outside they, they of the stable, hey, listen, yeah. Honestly, even as a stable, I thought they were really fucking good for that time period, for this modern era. They've been very fucking good. Um, if you wanted them on this list, if you were being, if you were, Doing writing this list with integrity and honesty, uh, they could make your top ten. I wouldn't have an issue with that. But they're gonna be closer to ten than they would be fucking one. Like really? Like uh, don't be absurd. There's no fucking way that they, as a stable, accomplished more than even Evolution, no. let alone fucking the NWO, DX, and the fucking horse. No, I will agree with that. I will agree as as a stable, and th- and that's that's what that's what's uh. There's a lot of the problems here is uh. But even as individual members, it's like they don't compare to fucking DX because you got Triple H and Sean. So right away you're like, well, fuck, nobody in the Shield's even close to them. Well, then you go to fucking the NWO. You got fucking Hogan. And you ain't touching him. Well, you ain't okay. touching even Nash. But then the argument is at the same time, though, they've accomplished a lot more in a shorter amount of time right now than what those guys that you're, if you're talking about in tall, extraordinary longevity type careers, you're right. Fucking Michaels is up there. H is up there. You know what I'm saying? Same with fuck anyone, like Hogan, all that stuff. But as as far and I granted it's there's a lot of the whole feeding to the fucking the Grand Slam champion thing that happened and stuff like that. That's why because Seth was the last one. Dean just randomly got it. Dean was on runs and Dean did things by himself. They're trying to push Roman, but Dean on the one side is just over until he hits gets those belts and then he just falls fucking super flat. Agreed with you. As far as accomplishments and things that they have put down as singles wrestlers, I'm like, yeah, they're really good, you know. And at, but as a stable, 
DX, I agree 100% with you. They did more. NWO did more as stables. And yeah. that's the and that's the thing. did more. I'm, yeah. It's, it's just like they don't even fucking touch any of these groups. It's like how and what fucking world do you have this group as number? This is like, and we say it all the time, and they do do this, and obviously, and it's just, but it's fucking ridiculous because you don't have to do this. Your dirty, like, you don't have to fucking lie to us to tell us that this talent is so good today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they're so afraid of people being reminded that it's not as good. It, it's like they're they're so afraid that they're trying to like whitewash fucking their own history. Mm-hmm. And it's like all you do is again, you're just building up that undercurrent of resentment towards you as a company. And I know this seems small and trivial, but this isn't like a one time deal. This is how they feed their product, to right? You. And it's continuously happening, so right? We- and it's just a constant reminder of bullshit that you're feeding us and you're building up that fucking again like that punk rock wrestling audience where it's like fuck these fucking people like you're telling me this i'm not fucking stupid i watched wrestling here it was way bigger and then again Stop it. like you were saying if you're gonna include all of wrestling yeah. people that weren't in wwe bullet club should be on this yeah. fucking list yeah sure. you know like you know and i'm not arguing the shield before the breakup when everyone was pissed off that there was a quick breakup, the best that they did were hold the U.S. title and the tag titles. Now, granted, they have the top two titles on Raw, but that's now. It doesn't. There's been no longevity with this. Right, Every it, time you tried to bring them back, someone got fucking injured. Someone went down. That was that one time when Roman had to go sit down with the fucking thirty days because he banged JoJo and got Bray Wyatt's disease. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then the second time you tried to bring him back, fucking. Uh, yeah, no, that was when, and then Angle came in for yeah, that. So yeah, then, then, yeah. then fucking Dean Ambrose went down with an injury, you know, eight months ago. You know, so you're trying to bring them back, and I get why you've been trying to bring them back because you've been trying to get people to cheer for Roman Reigns, but they still, as a faction, have not done enough as a faction, not individual wrestlers, and listen, that's why I'm just. And, and I listen. I when the Shield came to WWE, I liked their run. I think their run is really good. I thought they were they kind of set the standard for how a stable should be booked. And how they were presented, not to mention they were having great six man match. I think the greatest six man tag matches I've I've ever even seen. They had some really good ones with Evolution. They had some mm-hmm. really good ones with the Wyatts. They just were having these great matches. Um, yeah, even right before the turn, that was that Evolution yeah. match was fucking spectacular. Yeah, yeah, and and you know they they had some really great matches as a group as a unit. And I thought they were doing everything they could to book them the right way. They had the fucking powerhouse. They had the so called architect. They had the crazy guy. I thought they had like a nice platform for how to fucking debut a stable, how to keep them strong. Um, I think they they really wrote those guys well uh, for that first year. But it was really a year run. Um, and now they've done little bits and pieces of them together even now where it's been like two weeks. But but at no point has there been any consistency. At no point has it ever been over or impactful enough to to influence the mainstream. Um, and I, I guarantee, I'm willing to bet um, there are more Bullet Club shirts sold today than Shield shirts. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I'm willing to bet that. And, and it, again, it just like... <laughs> You don't need to lie to your fans. I, I feel like what they're doing, it's like they they feel like people can't call them on their bluff or something. Like right. I I don't get I don't get the concept of uh, of of lying to the people. Like I as as a as a fan who can easily go back on your own network and view the material on your own network, yeah, to contradict you. Like what? Why are you 
telling me these lies. Again, I, I was telling, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They had a list one time, uh, like the top 50 greatest wrestling or WWE champions ever. And Hogan was like 25 because Hogan was in TNA at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, stop it. Like, don't be absurd. Like, there's no fucking way. And they had like Eddie Guerrero on the list. And I was like, if Eddie Guerrero's on the list, he has to be closer to 50. Because, listen, I love Eddie. But his run as champion was mm-hmm. fucking six months of the ratings going down the fucking toilet. Yeah. Okay? Like, don't don't lie to us just because you want to present one guy here and present this other guy. Like, like don't fucking lie. They just constantly are lying. Like, and they act like we don't fucking know. It's like, dude, you have all of your shit <laughs> on your fucking network. Like, anybody that watches this shit can go, hey, you're full of shit. Why do you keep doing this? It all comes back to it. We get it. You're trying to push your today's product over these old guys. But it's not going to work through lying to us. You know, it's like it. I, I don't fucking get it, dude. I, I don't get what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, at all. In any way, shape or form. I, I don't get it. And I this list is fucking dumb, but it's it's not just this list that's dumb. It's this whole mindset of theirs. And again, you're just building the undercurrent, and maybe that's why NXT is going to blow up because that is their own anti-fucking product. So good for them. But, but um, I don't know. Maybe they'll bring NXT. Isn't there like rumors of NXT feuding with Raw or some shit at Survivor Series? I would love to see that. Um, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think there's pluses and minuses. Um, I think there's pluses because I think obviously they'll be the baby faces, despite that they'll book them as the heels. Right. Um, which is what they'll fucking do. Um, and it'll totally be undisputed era. But at the end of the fucking day, at the end of the day, what worries me is bleeding the NXT brand dry to push Raw again when you don't fucking have to. Yeah, and and that that's that would be my concern with that. But um, again, I don't fucking know why WWE does these things uh, off the booking of Raw and these lists, and I don't know. Like I've never, as a fan of wrestling, been more turned off by a wrestling product. Mm-hmm. Like, if there was an alternative, if there really was a true alternative to watch, I'd be watching it. Because there's no fucking way I would be able to sit through and, and just keep watching this. If it wasn't for this podcast, there's no fuck. And I, I do this shit. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could sit through this. This is just that. This is, I'm just so sick of this shit. And I'm not Joe and I'm not Smitty. Like, I, I don't think everything they do is wrong. I just, I think their mindset is wrong, though. I think they're especially right now. I think their mindset in terms of the way they present product is is incorrect. Yeah, they have failed this city. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback, Stephen and Melanero. <laughs> that being said, uh, last thing we want to talk about is the all-in score sheets. Obviously, plays into who's going to be champion. Our current champion is the one, the only, Orlando Christopher. Right, master of the Marty Kick, defender of love. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 100%. Still man. the champ. Uh, at the moment, the whole fucking Joe is leading with 88 points. Uh, Smithfellis in his Marcus mouth, it has 77 tied with our own Orlando Christopher, the man who can easily destroy Jake something anytime he wants. Yeah, anytime. Any fucking time. I'll destroy him, all caps. Hashtag easily. Yes. Uh, Z has 69 <laughs> points. And me, I have fucking 53. Because I bet a lot of money Neville was going to show up. 
and I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I am in a severe disadvantage right now. I am behind the leader. And I I always say, like, legit, like, when it comes to the voting, uh, I'm more scared of the punishment than I am excited about winning. So even though I am the (laughs) champ, uh, I never want to lose these damn things opposed to actually winning. So I'm pretty excited that you're doing pretty awful. <laughs> Not yeah. at all. So yeah, you can get your own scorecard for uh, WWE Sunday Night Raw in a cell. Uh, they'll be that's be the next scorecard that Pro Wrestling Scorecards yeah. does. A lot of padding out. And yeah, that kind of crazy. Oh no, that was Elimination Chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm so fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, this week of wrestling done fucked me. Yeah, yeah. It fucked me like Marcus fucks Mitty. I tell you, what, it got me that good. It got me. I think it got me more than once. I'll tell you that. How many times? I'd say a good five times. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, five times. Yeah, yeah. What you know? What they're in love, so let it happen. Yeah, for for real, guys. Make sure you guys check out Pro Wrestling Scorecards at PW Scorecards. Uh, speaking of which, Pro Wrestling Scorecards is wondering why three the three man band wasn't in the top ten factions. <laughs> 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 and it's a good point. Good point. I agree. Can't argue it. They're a three-man band. They're a three-man band. <laughs> Yet they never played an instrument. Not once. Not <laughs> fucking once. It blew my mind. I, I, I mean, well, at least I, there was the air it, guitar. I always want to see them uh, do something with like, uh, what was the fucking group? Three count. Yeah. Like just for one night only. Fucking <clears throat> one of those Matt Hardy segments where they fucking drift off and it's like fucking... Three MB and three count going back and forth, but none of them players sing for real. <laughs> the Lake of Reincarnation brings them all back as that. That'd be fucking great. I'd love that. I'd watch Hurricane Helm Shannon yeah, more. What the, the fuck's having Courageous up to? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, folks, make sure you follow us on all of our social medias, BDR Cast, for everything. Uh, if you guys are listening to our podcast, hey, man. You can listen live every Wednesday, 9.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we go on for a couple hours. But if you are listening live and you're missing a couple of our shows, feel free to check out our podcast library. Follow us on Apple on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can fucking find your podcast, except Stitcher. We're not on Stitcher. Fuck Stitcher. And I I've never even heard of Stitcher. <laughs> and so why did you give them the plug? And we're not on Spotify either. Sorry. Oh. So. I have heard of them. Those are two big ones that we're not on. So, um, You never know. Soon, man. Sponsors, you love us, hit us up, bdrcast at gmail.com, and we will push your shit in. Wait, what? That was Marcus Marcus Smitty. (laughs) That was Marcus Marcus Smitty. Five times. Five times. times. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We are your ring crew. Oh, also, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You you do this to me sometimes. Sorry, man. Uh, This weekend... I got so out of the I got so out of the loop for pro- promoting stuff when you had your neck injury that I just oh yeah I, I have to get it back together I'm sorry on uh this Saturday in Lima Ohio <laughs> 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 I'll be at uh War Wrestling uh it's gonna be like a thousand people there so it's gonna be a pretty big show Al Snow will be there uh looking Jack like Hulk Hogan these days uh Congo Kong will be there uh and I'll be there and a couple other people. So I get to Putting beat lumps and heads. Yes. Uh I'll be beating up this guy Celeste Taylor who he's just going to get destroyed. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get destroyed. And Fuck. uh yeah, so if you're in that area or if you want to be in that area, yeah, you should come see me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sweet at promoting shows, yeah. War Wrestling Lima, Ohio, Saturday the 
I don't even know what the date is. I don't, right I don't know. If it's to, September. Today's the 5th, so that makes Saturday the 8th. Yep. So Saturday, September 8th, Lima Bean, Ohio. War right. wrestling. War. Because war is wrestling. That's the gimmick that they're going with. No, it's not. Uh, damn it. Wrestling but, and respect. Uh, acronym. That's right. It's, yeah. So then when you say wrestle and respect wrestling, it sounds really cool. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just bury them. Yeah, I do that. It's fun. That's whatever. You're a bad guy. I, I love war. I do. No. <laughs> what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> we are your ring crew. <laughs> Orlando. And Mikey, we are out. <laughs>